Good morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And today we're talking about what? Alternatives to D&D. I'm not sure why this question comes up all the time, but lots of people ask. Right. I think alternatives is to... Okay, so D&D is huge, right? It's a real big game. Uh, it's, it probably has more players playing it than ever before. It is super popular. I mean, it's, uh, what is it? What do you call, not only is it super popular, like a lot of people are playing it, but it's gotten the attention of media, right? The the people talk about it on TV. There's news stories in magazines about the resurgence of D&D. So a lot of people kind of take, a, what is it, uh, take umbrage at the idea that there's this resurgence, right? Because D&D has never gone away. They, they, they make these articles, make it sound like people had stopped playing D&D. And all of a sudden, it was rediscovered. Rediscovered, right? When there's people have been playing D and D since its inception, or since it became available, published, or whatever, it is super popular. So a lot of people are talking about D and D, but there are other fantasy role playing games. Now we're not even going to tackle other role playing games, but we're going to stay within the genre of D and D. We're just going to talk about two. Yeah, and we're only going to talk about two, and maybe at the very end mention other ones that kind of have that have that have a different vibe or feel than than what D&D brings cuz D&D is kind of, to me and a lot of people have said it is a is this heroic fantasy maybe even almost superheroic as as far as the characters are concerned cuz they be you know their their power there's a power game right the the players become a big part of the world that they're dealing in the, in the world that they're in well and they are the the hero adventurers right right they're going around and just killing bad guys or, or solving the big problems solving right the problems. solving the big doing problems. the things that other people don't want to do right and even even a normal first level character is pretty powerful compared to a villager or a city guard or whatever and as and as the character progresses in in experience and goes to higher levels it becomes more and more apparent that these characters are much more powerful than ordinary non-player characters yes right i don't know that you have answered my question about why the question always comes up about alternatives to D. is it because the people are looking at the at the game and going oh this is too too fantastical these players can kill things and not be touched. I think, I think some some people regard fifth edition, especially fifth edition, because it's very difficult to not difficult to kill a character, but there's so many. It's very hard for a character to die. They have a lot of hit points. They have a lot of hit points. They have death saves. They have those death saves, and then up, and then after that, you can just raise the dead, right? If you have a high enough. That's cleric. only if you have a, a cleric. In your yeah, party, I don't right? know what uh, how high of a cleric you need to be to raise the dead, but. Usually you can find somebody who has that spell. Put your friend on a stretcher and take him to, yeah, the, take nearest, him to this city. the nearest wizard or cleric. Cleric. Because if you took him to a wizard, it'd probably be a warlock in it. If he raised him, he might not be the same. <laughs> he'd be like a zombie more than anything. Yeah, necromancy could be not very well. Not very good. Well, I just asked the, the question about why people are always asking this question because I hear it all the time. And I think that it's interesting to me because if if it, if you play a game and you like it, then you're going to want to tell people about it and have them play that particular version right. of the game. I agree. 
but I also know that there are lots of alternatives because, and people like more grittier, people like different things. So if they started playing, one of the games we're going to talk about is Warhammer Fantasy role-playing, which by the way, if you look it up on the internet, you need to know that there's a lot more things than just that one. (laughs) Well, Because Saul steered me in the wrong direction. Yeah, I did do that. Warhammer Fantasy role-playing game was one of the games that I listed as a good alternative. And by a good alternative, not mean I'm not trying to say that it's a good game that you can play other than D&D. It's kind of like D&D. It's really different than D&D. Yeah. The whole setting, the feel, the almost a genre is different, right? In from D&D to the world of Warhammer. So I I decided to list these two games or talk about these two games because they are very different feel and vibe than Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition. And the system is different. The systems are obviously different, right? They're totally different systems. So I picked these two games because, like I said, because they're really different. And I think they're a couple of the more popular games that are out there right now. One of them is... What was it? Warhammer Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay. Right. And it started out as as an extension of the... Warhammer miniatures game, right? That world, that the that the world of Warhammer miniatures, they decided to make a role playing game based on that world that they had made for that miniature game. And one of the things that, uh, speaking about Warhammer Fantasy role playing game, is that it is a very dark and grittier type of game. Characters aren't super heroic or even heroic, almost to the no, they're not. They're just you're just plain old. Whatever they are, I mean, they they just uh, the way that the characters are made and the choices you have uh, are really, really just plain folk who inhabit this world. And for whatever reason, by push or by circumstance, they're out there trying to either make make the world better or at least keep it from sliding into worse situations or worse uh, into a worse. Uh, uh, world. The way that I read it being described was it was a medievalish kind of yeah. setting, right? But in the old world, they say, and they and they by the old world, the the description was loosely based on the Holy Roman Empire. So we're talking Europe, Italy, and this is the after after the split of the empire. Ah, uh, yes. But it is an empire, right? Right. And also in the character creation, which is very complicated. Well, I don't know how complicated it is, but it's old. It, it's it reminds me of the old systems, right? It's a percentile. They, there's four versions, four editions, right? And they started out with the D100. No, I mean yeah, percentile. Percentile system. Yeah, right? D100. You roll two two D10s, and yeah. you get you try to get a hundred. But when you're creating your character, there's a table. And right off the bat, if you want if to. If you want to. Yes. Which I always find interesting. But the table is 1 to 90 is is a human. And then the rest of them, the other races that there are, are very few, right? There's yeah. elves and... Halflings. Halflings. And dwarves. There you go. And there's two types of dwarves. There's forest door, forest, forest doors, forest elves, and I forget what the other ones are like noble elves or something like that yes so there's and then they called it high, high elves. elves that's right that's right actually that's an old tie into D. there yeah. was like gray elves and 
high elves and wood elves and anyway but uh yeah so there's there's really only like five different races there's well there's four different races and, and two of them are split between wood elf and a high elf and you're right the chances if, if you roll on the, the thing is they say you should roll on the table just to change it up a bit you know not to to make things interesting i think well not only that but in this world the majority of the people are human right the right. other races are very small amount percent Correct. population percentage right wise. i think the way the table rolls out it says 90 percent human four percent dwarves four percent halflings and one percent of each of the other elves so two percent would be two yeah why would you want to roll on this random table well if you roll on this random table in written in the rules is that you at the end of the of the character creation process you had you get an extra 50 experience points that you can spend after gameplay starts which a lot of a lot of people would take that <laughs> yeah because experience they'd points. Roll, okay maybe i'll get a 98 or 99 other than that it's okay I, I get extra points to do stuff with right yeah so i think uh and experience points that's a lot of experience points in the game because you don't get tons of experience like you do like in D D or or other games like that so it's a lot more gritty system and then there's tables all kinds of tables there's the and uh, when i was i was watching a, a a review on youtube right and they were talking about the when when you get hit there's a, a table which totally reminded me of space opera where where you roll to see where where you get hit and then but this one's even i mean it's really gritty right if you get hit like in the arm you got to roll to see if you if it's amputated or only if there's a critical only if there's a critical yes but then you have to, it takes like a, a month to heal up and you can't oh, use yeah, that Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's, it's more realistic. Right. right. It's it's the more gritty, realistic kind of, okay, Jolene got hit or her character got hit. So we're going to have to stay here for a month and, and, and let her heal. Yeah. Yeah. So it does that. There's, there's, the, there's that. Because there's a, not a lot of magic, right, in this world. And, the, and if you do decide to play a ma- magic then you're walking the they have chaos is the is the evilish kind of thing in this world right so if you do decide to play as a magic user you're going to be walking the the fine line between you might what do they call it corruption corruption and so, so you're on that you depending on which it could go one way or the other right because the whole idea is that magic is based comes from chaos right. which corrupts everything and i think that's the whole point of the game, really, is that you are in a world, the empire is in decline, right? The empire yes. is falling apart. Uh, humans and dwarves, you know, every, the empire is slowly degrading. It's the end of civilization and slowly falling apart. To add to this problem is the fact that chaos and its in different forms is invading or becoming more powerful in the world. So not only do you have the, the decline of the civilization and probably because of this chaos and its corruption that it does to the to the world and and like i said your characters are not you're not a fighter you're not a a a paladin ranger or anything like that uh you start off with a profession that's what that's what you are and those that profession gives you a list of skills that you could get uh, by spending points on and the professions are like scribe uh, one of my favorites is the rat catcher, right? But there's and and that's it. And and there's there's a lot of professions. There's like I forget how many in the core book, 
but there's at least 25 or 30 professions and they're all very very low humble type of beginnings and what happens is is that you are in that profession and i think there's three or four levels within that profession and then if you want to leave that profession you have to spend experience points to go from one profession to another now you can't go from a rat catcher to a lowly baron or not baron but like a knight or a not a knight but what's the what's the the knight helper what do you call him the one that helps the knight sorry my brain for a second. oh i was again oh it's a page not a page it's a something like that yeah but you don't you don't really you go from one profession to another and each profession has a profession or like a list of two or three maybe even four professions that you can move from one to another this part of the when I was reading about this part, it reminded me of a traveler, right? Because you're yes, you're, you're, in the service. Yeah, you're in the service, and you're rolling to see, you know, what happens when you're in the service. At least in this one, you get you get to choose what skills. It's not random yeah. what skills you get, because then that would really suck. Because it, but it, but it says you you do this this career thing, right? So you're right. either working as like a baker and night watchman, a rat catcher, a rat farmer. Catcher. Yes, and a then, farmer. I mean, can you imagine the skills that those guys got? And then once once the game starts or your characters start to to leave or they're acquire they, experience they, they're coming together on oh. to go on their adventure, then um, it kind of changes and develops more into maybe a so so maybe you're a thief, a wizard's apprentice, a druid, right. something like that, right? And then you're moving into either a mercenary, explorer, you know, different a different kind of field. Right, you're no longer that you're, that yeah. thing, but that's that's your what primary basis knowledge that you have and, yeah. and their skills are tied to that profession for like for example me and Felipe played in the, in a friends of ours games and we played quite a bit and never really got that powerful but we did some pretty crazy things but I was a scribe and Felipe was a I forget what he was I think he was a, he was like a hedge a hedge a wizard or something like that because I think he could throw spells I think and that was the, the thing is that we were he was a he had put something on fire at the at his home, and uh, I was his friend or something, so we ran away. We were from, uh, well, it was basically Spain. I think they call it Estalia. Yes. Right? And so all the, the all these, like Jolene said, this, this world is based on the Holy Roman Empire and its surrounding uh, kingdoms or... or uh, Baronies. Baronies and all that counties, stuff. Counties. Right. So, and they don't necessarily like each other, right? So we had fled Estalia and went to Marienburg, which is, I guess, is... It's kind of like a big city. I think it's somewhere in like really central Europe. I'm, I don't think it's Germany, but it's like, uh, I'm thinking like Amsterdam or something like that. Somewhere like that. Anyway, so we, we fled the city and, you know, the, the city is like this huge, ugly medieval city. You know, there's there's no, everything's dirty. Can you just imagine what a real medieval city would look like? A large metropolitan area, and which I do, which is why I would want to play D and D instead of this. <laughs> yeah, this, this, <laughs> yeah, you, you're more like this is like a, a you're covered in mud, and 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 then I think some of the things that really stand out about this game is that some of the the things that they was or are within the rules right there's like nine diseases that they yes that they that you, can catch. <laughs> that you can catch and if there's a table don't roll on it and there's a, and then there's always corruption right so just, you can just so you know marienburg is the whole the sole city in uh imperial russia oh 
Oh, no. No. And the wasteland. Eh, huh. It's medieval Poland, Imperial Russia, and the wasteland, oh. whose sole city is Marienburg, based, is based on the low countries. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what that means. It's a big, ugly city, medieval city. There's like nine diseases that your character can catch depending on, on being injured. And then there's, a, like Jolene mentioned before, if you, you can get a critical hit on you, which causes you to roll on a critical hit table. And if you roll double zeros, that's instant, that's instant death, right? I think the most interesting part about this is it says a human-level character can take probably two hits. Before right. they have to roll on the critical, critical hit table, which it can instantly be killed, crippled, or permanently maimed. <laughs> so it's so it. This is it, it. Reminds me of the old school games, you know, Traveler and uh, oh, Space Opera. I, I know I keep going back to Space Opera, but there's that that table where you roll to see where you get hit. Yeah, which this totally reminds me of. A lot of a lot of games have like location hit tables, but but what actually what reminds me of is this game called Iron Crown Industries Ice, Iron Crown Industries. And they used to have a game called, uh, I mean, this, it was a game called, uh, it was called, uh, what was it called? But they had like spell law, claw law, right? And they were famous for these critical hit tables. Like people either liked or hated the, the system because it was a real complicated percentile system and stuff. Percentile, percentile system, system, of course. Yeah. And, but they had... But everybody would love all these tables depending on what kind of uh, what kind of weapon you use. And it had critical hit tables for like really popular weapons. Like a bow had a, its own critical hit table versus a long sword versus a, a mace and stuff like that. And I still remember to this day there's one critical miss or critical problem or whatever. It was really famous for critical ta tables, both critical hits and critical misses or mishaps. And one of them is... If you roll a certain number, I don't remember the number, but you could like flop off your own ear with a bow. Yeah. Right. And which causes you to lose 30% of your hearing or something like that. So it was interesting, not just 50% for some reason. So this kind of harkens back to that era because that Warhammer started in the in that period when, when people were making these very complicated games and trying to be simulation, simulationist because D&D wasn't, right? D&D was a simulation from a miniature game, but... Uh, it wasn't trying to... Yeah, if you get hit, right, unless, even if it's a critical hit, they still have to, well, depending on which version you're playing. Right, that's true. Um, but there's there's not a table, and, and you, you're just taking hit point damage, right? It, right. It's not, they don't say, oh, you got hit in the shoulder, and now you can't use it for a month. No, you st can still stand up and fight the the orc or whatever it is, and at the end, you know, rest for four eight hours and regain your hit points so there's not like a whole it's a lot less gritty right right well old D, &D i mean all original D, &D and a D, D, and i'm pretty sure second edition was that if you if you, for every hit point you had a you had a rest a day right so if you were down 10 hit points you had to rest 10 days which makes it makes it more realistic yes. you know sort of but even then like these games like this game and Iron Crown Industries uh, law series. I forget what they called it all, all combined, but they, uh, but really tried to simulate that, that real greediness of of combat, right? Because if you in combat, if you're in combat, you're going to hit in certain locations, and certain locations 
gonna do certain things to you. So that was theoretically the the basis of their whole, whole hit location and all these critical hit tables and stuff. So it does use there's quite a bit of tables and charts, and uh, and it, you know it is not it has all kinds of uh, it has like a basic game and then it has all these options you can throw in of course uh, which makes the game even more uh crunchy and more uh has more rules and stuff to make it more realistic right i think what brought me to this to mention this game it has nothing to do with the system really but a little bit but it has to do with the world right it has to do with the whole idea of how the world is and what your character can do so in in D D, your character after probably third fourth level can really kick butt right they can really start slinging some good spells they can take a lot of damage they can do a lot of damage and they're really you know approaching they're really heroes already and if, when you they get to level 10 you know which usually is my limit of running the game but even a little bit beyond that you you the characters are so powerful that they became the they they're like literally demigods in a certain sense, right? They're like gifted from the from the gods because the power that they wield is amazing, especially in spells and in it. Just uh, you know, a fighter can just swath go swath through a orc horde and stuff like that. Where and not really fear dying right away. Where in Warhammer, that's not going to happen. You know you're gonna advance, but you're not gonna you're not gonna have a hundred hit points. No, at any time an arrow can hit you, and you can literally die, no matter what level you are, because that's not the kind of game Warhammer is. It, it's it's really like you know down in the trenches type of warfare, and the warfare is uh, you, a lowly person, versus uh, the effects of chaos and corruption. And it's usually a battle you're not going to win. I mean, the, the, the I forget the, what I was reading. I think it was an article about Warhammer. And it said that you basically should prepare yourself to have your character die multiple times because they're just not that powerful. I totally agree. <laughs> but, I mean, that's why I chose this one because it's so different from d and I mean, I can't harp on that enough. Right. So not only is the game, uh, everything's different from has a different feel than D&D. And part of that is the greediness and the deadliness of the system. I found it interesting because it says that there's no regeneration or resurrection. So you have limited healing options, but you have limited, they have them in quotes, fate points, which represent the character's fate or destiny and offset this, giving them opportunities to avoid being crippled or dying right so they're very they're they're very few right right i think you're right in the latest incarnation of the rules there's discipline points fate points fortune points and there's another kind of point resilience points and the basically all they do is they cheat the rules a little bit they bend the rules for your character to survive like fortune you could spend a fortune point or fate point whatever and you could avoid that death blow that you're going to receive Right or re-roll it or stuff like that. So there is some mitigating circumstances to the lowly, grimy, deadly game that this is, but it's very limited. You know, it's a very limited resource. So you don't, you spend those very frugally, right? You know, you don't want to spend those because the next time is really when they're gonna 
slice your head off, right? You're going to have a critical hit. It, it reminds me of, I want to say Paladin, but it's not Paladin. It's the other one. Pendragon? Pendragon. Yes. And the the medieval kind of char- characteristics right. of if you get hurt, you need to find a healer. You need to rest. You need right. To, you're going to be recuperating. Recoup, recuperating. I made up a word. Recovering. <laughs> recuperating. Is it word? Recuperating? It doesn't sound right. I think it is. The recuperation time would take a while. <laughs> you, you know, you'd need to let that wound heal for two months, especially if you're a knight or a, a what you want to call him, a mercenary person. Right. For hire, you're going you're gonna to need that time to because you can't swing your sword if your arm is hurt. So what happens is, is in this game, uh, violence isn't usually your first resort, right? Because you have to think the consequences of getting into a fight and it's never good, right? There's always a chance you might get hurt, and then I have to. And let's say you get hurt, there's always a chance it might get infected with a disease, a blood or rot, and and all these other things that can happen. So combat is very deadly, and the after effects of combat is very deadly. The game will stall, not stall, but the game will stop uh, as far as what you're doing on your adventure or your mission. And it would be a, a long delay, right? It would be a delay of days, even weeks of trying to recuperate those lost wound points or those points that you've lost in battle. So I just really like the game in that sense because it's a, it, to me it's a 180 away from D&D, especially the 5th edition incarnation. And uh, the 4th edition is a percentile system. And like it, they went to, uh, in 3rd edition, it used... Uh, Fantasy Flight's special dice system, yes. which I think later was incorporated into the Star Wars uh, system. Anyway, the new, the latest edition went back to percentile system, and it kind of it brought back all the things that made Warhammer the game that it was. It's very brutal. It's very uh, dark. It's gritty. It's all those kind of terms that usually don't describe D anD. d And I think it's a really cool game. And I played it a couple times between different uh, GMs. Uh, one gym was particularly very deadly, and uh, another one we had a chance and gave us breaks, but it was still we were still slogging through. All what kinds kind of, of adventures though did you go on? Were you like taking a? Were you on a mission to take something to somebody, or were you? The weirdest part of this that I've seen <laughs> was like, do do? the well. There are these rat people that live underground. Skaven, yes. And I was reading about that. They don't exist, by the way. They don't exist. They do, but people don't believe it. <laughs> so, are they big rats? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're like. Uh, do they? This is my question. Okay. Do they disguise themselves if they come above ground, so that people? If you say people don't believe in them. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they're like. Uh, I guess. They're because if a big ninja size, if a t- you know? if a big rat came walking towards me. Well, they well, wear clothes and armor and wear swords. Okay. Right, but and they usually wear big cloaks, right? So they can. So they look, so don't. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're. I mean, they're about five feet, five and a half feet tall. Well, probably a little bit shorter. I don't know what the average height in 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 the in that world is, but they're shorter and they're stooped, right? Because they're rats. Uh, kind of like a Master Splinter. Yes, you know, that's these. exactly what I. And was, so they wear cloaks. But he's not five feet tall. He's only like three feet tall. Oh, uh, okay. So a little bit taller than that, I think. So they range. I mean, they range in size, but I think they're about. I would say between 
four feet and five and a half feet tall, the rats, but they're hunched over and, and all, they're just rats, right? Rat people. And they're, and they're, they're part of the corruption that, that the chaos gods bring to earth, right? And so, or to the world, I, I don't know. It's not really earth. That's that, right? I think it's called earth, U-R-T-H. So that. Anyway, even if it isn't, that's pretty cool. So yeah, Skaven are these large rats that live underneath large cities because there's lots of stuff that they can take and eat. Yeah, like rats people. and cities go together. So our adventure, when I was playing with... Uh, Chris no. or Shannon? Well, I was playing with both of them. One was he, uh, GM, Shannon was the GM. And when I was playing with Chris, Lisa, me and Felipe, we were in a ties game. Oh, yeah. And he really loved that world. And he had run like multiple campaigns that lasted years and years and years. And so he knew all about the world, right? And so he was a really good GM. And basically, we were kind of thrust together. Uh, somehow, we got he got us to know each other. Me, Felipe, were together already. But... Uh, Chris and Lisa. Chris and Lisa were together, too. They were friends. And then there was other people involved. And we just kind of... We we saw this person sitting in the cage that that was their punishment, and we were like wondering what was going on, and that kind of it was that kind of thing. Like we were just curious. I roll my eyes because see, I just that's medieval world. I just walk away. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but it, it, it piqued our curiosity. Why was this person in the cage? And and then so we so nobody was allowed to talk to her, but you know we snuck up to her and talked to her in the middle of the night, and uh, she told us her story. And we're like, wow. And it was that was it. We were hooked. <clears throat> That's like Robert Jordan's uh, the the ale, the IL in the in the cage, right? I think you let him go, right? Of course. I forgot what happened, but anyway. So that's Warhammer. It is dark, grittier, uh, medieval type of world. Is there anything else you want to tell us about Warhammer? Because you've gone way long on just the Warhammer just part. The Warhammer so part. I would say that we'll have to do our another episode to do the other one. Okay, there'll be a part two, you're saying? Yes, because I, I don't um, think anyone wants to really listen to us talk for over an hour at one, at one sitting. At one sitting. We'll end it here, and we'll continue with part two of other games other than d Maybe I'll also throw in another game. But you don't have another. You only did two. You only <laughs> told me about two. Yes, that's true. But, but okay, so since we're, we have a couple more minutes here, okay. what was the other adventure? That you went on. I really don't remember. I remember, don't remember. Shannon was running it, and we, me and Felipe, was were it happily, political intrigue? I really don't remember. All I remember is that nobody liked us, and we were uh, always being uh, pushed around, and and uh, what do you call it? Basically, they're being racist against us because we were halflings and. Uh, humans like pushing us around and i think at one point me and felipe's character stood up to one particular nasty figure or person and we got in a fight and i we actually got killed them we we were around a barn and i remember that part then we became wanted criminals because we had killed a human so i don't remember what we were doing i honestly don't remember uh what the adventure was about i remember that that was we were always being brutalized by by the local people and then we either we were by a barn i think it was a large barn and so we decided well this is the chance we got to take out this guy who was really being a pain in our butts so we took him out and then uh, but he had friends so it didn't end well for us i don't think i think the, the game ended and we never finished the campaign or 
the the scenario. I could, really don't remember what the scenario was about. But uh, Ty, because we played so often, it was a much longer type of game, and it was something that he had come up with. So it had to do with uh, this child that was supposedly uh, had a lot of charm, and a lot of people were following him. He was like the Pied Piper, and uh, and so we were like, oh, we were checking out. And then the lady who was in the cage was somehow connected to that child, and it turns out that the child was a, a creature of chaos. So he sounded like like Pan with his with his flute. Yeah, he didn't have leading a flute, people he astray. Just, he just uh, I forget what happened. He, it, beca- it became a riot, and then and he became uh, he was in charge of the riot. Or he got you know he controlled the crowd enough, and everybody was like saying that he. Then the people were saying that he was the reincarnation of Sigmar, which is the great god that created the or the human. I don't know what he feels human or whatever, but he had created the empire, the Bretonian Empire, I believe. And uh, 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 what a thousand years before, or something like that. So, but he wasn't. What I found most interesting about this game was that um, the history or is Suedo history. So yeah, so it, it makes it more interesting to me because you kind of know those areas and those those times. Right when they use like real history, but then just kind of tweak it a little yeah. bit. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, so I and then I think the most interesting is, you know, if you really want to get away from D&D, which is what the question was about. Right. Um this gives you the fantasy part, right, where you could be an elf if right. you were lucky enough to roll. Or you could just choose it, right? You yeah. Could choose it. And that's what we did. We and Felipe chose to be hobbits or halflings and uh we didn't get the extra experience points. Which I'm thinking is why probably Shannon was harder on you because instead of if 90% of the population is human, although I was reading that because the um, other races were so rare rare that people weren't mean to them. Oh, well, you know. I guess it just depends on your adventure, right? Yeah, or your GM. (laughs) Yeah. It's a very interesting, interesting system. I... I, I don't know. It's a percentile system with lots of tables, and I'm not a big table fan, but um, I could see that it would be interesting to play. Yeah, the mechanics are are difficult. Are di- more are more difficult. More crunchy. It's more crunchy than D and D because because uh, it has like ten attributes to start off with. Yeah, and that's a lot. And then there's all these rules about uh, like your your weapon skill, your blade skill, and it and. And it has to do with with the tens digit. It gives you a bonus and all this other stuff. So it really is crunchy right off the bat. So if you don't like that, you're you may not want to play this game. Right, but, but if you do like crunchy or you like the 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 world, then I would. Say. I think it's worth. I think it's worth learning. I mean, I, I played, would suggest finding a, a GM that runs it, so you don't have to start from scratch. That's all I'm saying. Well, what's funny is that if you if you like this world, uh, or even if you learn this system. There's a Warhammer 40K world, uh, Warhammer 40K, that uses the same system, uses the same percentile system. And uh, once you learn both that system, it seemed to me that people who know the system easily know it, right? It was like, I was like, uh, what? You know, when I was playing, uh, just roll this. Oh, oh, I think I'm dead. Oh, no, you're fine. You just got one wound. You don't take another wound. Like, oh, okay. Don't take another wound. I was like, okay. (laughs) And... uh, it was fun though. I really liked it. I, like I said, it's just a totally different type of 
world or setting and it's just a different vibe that you get off run playing this game i mean i could see it as if, it, it would kind of be like playing D D, right because you're probably in a town and there's probably somebody either attacking it or somebody stealing stuff i mean you know the normal things right. that happen you're not necessarily the heroes going out to to stop the bad guys right you're maybe just trying to I mean, yeah, you, farm or or something like that. You could mimic the setting and run it in D and D fifth edition, but the problem is D and D fifth edition isn't meant to be deadly, right? Like this game is, and so it's not only a very different setting than your typical heroic D and D fantasy setting, campaign settings, but it's also the system matches the intent of or the manner of play where. You just don't go running into fights anytime and every time because you may not make it out. Right. right. So so not only is, is it the world that, that's greedier and, and nastier and dirtier or whatever you want to call it, but the system is also deadly. So it's a just it, 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 it makes playing it very different than you would play a D&D game. So that's why I think uh, one of our friends, Shannon, says that he doesn't really like playing D&D anymore. He's played enough D&D. They didn't need to play anymore, but he does like Warhammer Fantasy because it's a different type of game. It's deadlier and uh, greedier. I mean, the setting is greedier, so it pairs well with the with the setting. Right, is a system. Yeah, if it, the system, uh, interestingly enough, if it's a medieval realistic system, it tries to be that tries to be realistic, then crunchier is better because nothing was easy. Right. And right. and low hit points and yeah. all that stuff, yeah. So, so anyway, I'm not sure what else to tell you about this game other than it's very interesting. Yeah, well, the the latest book, uh, I think they said there's six books on this game. No, no, that was War. That was that's, a, uh, that's the other one. Glory. So there is this is a core book. It has, I mean, it has a core book. You can buy it, and it has all the rules that you need to run the game, and it has quite a bit uh, setting material. It's it's available. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I, I haven't seen it uh, lately in my in my game store, but it's really available anywhere. I think they just recently published it. Maybe we're looking tonight. on the wrong shelf. Well, there's always that, but I think it's a very very interesting alternative to D and D. It's very unlike D and D. So if you're tired of the heroic uh, goody two shoes type of role, role playing that happens in D and D a lot of times, uh, this is a very good alternative to that and. And it's quite fun. There you go. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And you have a good day.